Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And in this week's episode, I am sitting down and talking with Joe, owner of Slice Pizza out in Utica, New York. Well, I'm thrilled to have Joe on the podcast. Uh, you know, I visited Utica over the summer and went to Slice Pizza for the first time. We went out to Oskanitz. We went to Slice Pizza, checked out a couple other. I think we actually did like a mini pizza tour that day. And Slice was de- was my favorite, without question. I had a variety of their styles, um, their cold cheese slice, their regular cheese slice, their grandma style or traditional style, like the square, the rectangle and then their purple cow wings, which were just to die for. Um, and just had a really great time. Got to meet Joe that day and hang out and talk for just a little bit. Um, they joined the Eat Local New York card, which I'm thrilled to have uh, a pizzeria of their caliber, and especially one that's out in Utica that's a part of the Eat Local New York program now. Um, and so I reached out to Joe to have him on the podcast and got him here to Syracuse and, and just had a great time sitting down and getting to chat with him and learn more about his story and the family's history and, and, you know, their history and the food and beverage scene out there in Utica. And, you know, Utica's not that far away. You know, we're talking like 45 minutes-ish drive out to Utica, and it's just a place that I don't get out to quite often enough. Um, And they've got exceptional pies. I mean, to be quite honest, I would stack slice pizza up against any other pizzeria in Syracuse without question. I know, you know, I got to be careful. Every time I every time I do this, I'm not going to delete this. Old Anthony would have restarted this intro. I'm not restarting this intro. I stand by that statement. But I am going to just acknowledge the fact that I do shit on Syracuse a lot and deal with it. I love Syracuse. I hate Syracuse. But ultimately, I love Syracuse. And I just want us to have better food. Having said that, Back to Utica and back to Joe. The pizza is just incredible. It was really cool. I'd never heard about him until I saw Portnoy check them out. And uh, the same day that he was here in Syracuse, I got to meet up with him and, and at Francesca's in Liverpool and, and get a picture with him. That was a really cool experience just to kind of see, you know, as a tech person and somebody who creates content like myself, uh, it was really cool just to see their operation behind the scenes and how they film I mean, these videos that he's doing that get millions of views, hundreds of thousands of views, it's just really cool to see behind the scenes of how they do it. And uh, and then operationally, like right now, I go out once a week and try to make three to four videos in a day. And it's so challenging just with the sheer amount of food. We just I was at a restaurant yesterday and they sent out 10 dishes and they were the second of four stops that day. So how do you give a good a good you know take on the food at stop three and four? So it was it's wild to think that like Portnoy after going to so many pizzerias in Syracuse and then hits up Slice and Utica and still gives them like the best like Oskanit's got a great score. Slice was the second best of the day, I believe, uh, from all the from all the Syracuse spots. And um, so that was the first time that I ever heard of Slice. And then going out there over the summer, it was just really cool. The the the, the food is just phenomenal. I love the concept. I love how they do things out there. Um, but the pizza is just absolutely out of this world. Um, I'm really excited to announce. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the news here. Uh, Slice Pizza is going to be a, a contestant in this year's Battle of the Wings at the Syracuse Inner Harbor. That's a massive fucking deal um, because their purple cow wings are absolutely incredible. And I think they've got a really great chance at winning um, the Wing Fest this year, uh, just my opinion. Um, we've got a lot of great wings in Syracuse, but these purple cow wings are just out of this world. And, um, yeah, so I'm really thrilled for that. Really cool to, to see that Joe's going to be coming out and being a part of that, that huge event. Cause it's such a big festival and, uh, every year makes such an impact for the local restaurants who can go in there and make some money and really cool for the community of Syracuse to have something that, that interesting and unique. And now, and it's like, I don't know what year this is for the Wing Fest, but it's just becoming such a huge part of the the festival scene here in Syracuse. So it's really cool to see that Joe's going to be out for it. Um, I was just talking with, we just got done filming some cocktail videos here with David from Peachtree Socials, and he went to Noble Cellar last night. I haven't been yet. I'm excited to get out there and try it. But, you know, my wife and I, we've got our, we've got our son, Anthony, 15 months old, the, the, we get out. We I think we've been out to eat without our son like three times in the last fifteen months. With him, we've been out five times. You know, so 
we don't really get a chance to go out and I don't want to go check out some of these restaurants by myself unless I'm doing it for work, you know, for content. I don't want to go out to these restaurants by myself and, and you know, have her miss out on the opportunity to go and check them out with me. So, um, so I haven't been yet. I'm hoping we're going to go soon. But David was telling me he and his wife went to Noble Cellar, I think, last night and had such an incredible dining experience and loved the food. So I'm excited to check them out. But I'm talking about them because, I mean, A, they're the newest restaurant in Syracuse to open. It's an upscale restaurant, which is really cool, taking over an old, really important space for downtown Syracuse. But they also are partners with Brown Carbonic, and they carry Challenger Cola in Noble Cellar. High-end, exceptional restaurant carrying a craft soda like Challenger Cola. And I'm not going to try and guilt you this week, fellow restaurant owner. I'm not going to try and guilt you into, you know, or shame you into supporting local businesses. I'm just going to use this as the example. Noble Cellar, high-end, fine dining, exquisite experience, wonderful vibe is using working with Brown Carbonic, not only for their CO2 and their nitrogen for their draft beer system, but also, amongst a variety of other things, but also for their Challenger Cola, a craft soda and beverage that they have available for their guests. So why don't you work with them? Call them today, 315-454-3591. Again, 315-454-3591. And make sure to tell them that you heard about them right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. Well, without further ado, here is this week's podcast. It's my conversation with Joe from Slice Pizza in Utica. I mean, how the hell did you come across open up a pizzeria? Well, uh, my father started with a bakery back in the early 90s, and he did a cheesecake bakery kind of had a competition with my mother who was going to sell the best cheesecake, and they had friends come over. They chose my father's, and they said, <laughs> this is great. Would you make one for us? And they told someone else, would you make one for us? And hmm. kind of fell into a cheesecake business, started yeah. there. And that was in the early 90s, and we all kind of worked there. I have an older brother and a younger sister. We all kind of, when we could, we worked together. My <laughs> brother was kind of his full-time job, and we would help on the holidays. And then hmm. he kind of... F- flipped that into he started making pizza and bread while he was working with my father Mm. and then from there just refined his recipes more and more and then he opened a spot in Herkimer uh Tucker's Italian Kitchen and then Mm. from there he went to Frankfurt and opened more of like a casual dining spot okay that was the Purple Cow oh okay so the Purple Cow uh an older friend of my father told my brother, for you to be successful in pizzeria in the with a pizzeria in Herkimer you're going to need a Purple Cow Mm. And so kind of as a joke, my brother put a purple cow on the sign, welcome to Tucker's Italian Kitchen with a little purple cow on the sign. And then when he opened the next spot in Frankfurt, that's when he called it the purple cow. And that's when the purple cow wings came oh, out that's and awesome. kind of caught fire. Yeah. So yep, that's what happened there. So then hmm. I went to college, came back from college, lived in Colorado. My brother said I was working at Crocs in Colorado and hmm. I hated it. Hmm. You know, I just was going every day. I was like, is this really what I'm going to do? I don't, you know, I'm not <laughs> interested in this. And he said, if you come home now... I'll pay you what you're making there. Mm. And I was like, you know, as awesome as it is in Boulder, it's like, you know, he was like, you could come home, I'll teach you to make pizza, and that's something you could have forever. Mm. And I was like, I don't know that that's what I want to do. You know, it's (laughs) like I don't really – I eat pizza every day. I come from a food family where they show their love with food, but I don't know that I want to do that. I agreed. I came home. He taught me how to make pizza as best as he could and kind of just threw me in there. Hmm. He said, this is how you make the dough. This is how you do the sauce. You fold the boxes. You grind the cheese. So I had to learn every little (laughs) intricacy of how to do it. It's like if I fucked up the dough, it was me that had to make pizza with that (laughs) dough. And it's like in the beginning, like he had his recipe, everything dialed in. It's like this much water on the bucket. Hmm. You know, you need to check the barometric pressure of the day. And it's like, I'm 23. It's like, I didn't listen to any of that. I didn't. Because my brother is 10 years older than me, we kind of have a thing where it's like, you know, mm. I don't, I never felt like I had an older brother because we were so far separated. So I felt like the older brother myself. So for him, when he would be telling me stuff to do, I kind of was confrontational, like, is this really right. the way it goes? So I had to learn everything myself. So from there, mm. then we went and opened another, re- I, I kind of hurt his pizza business at the time because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to make hand toss pizza. I didn't mm. understand everything. So... Then when we mm. opened the next business, which was more of a fine dining restaurant, my brother is just the man when it comes to food. All the, mm. all his brainchild is what we took to the next place. And at that place, I was like, I want to work out front. 
Because I'd be in the back making pizza, sweat, and dying, and my buddy who was a waiter out front, he would come back like, I just made 50 bucks. And I'm like, it takes me three hours to earn that. You got 50. He's an idiot, you know? And so, yeah, so kind of I went with that. And then when we went to the next restaurant, which is a fine dining restaurant, I said, I'm going to work out front. I don't want to make pizza anymore. I want to be out front. He said, fine, you manage the front. I'll do the back. So then I learned that. Hmm. Wasn't happy with – after a few years, it's like – I don't see a long-term future for myself. It's like, I'm a waiter. I'm not, I don't have, you know, my friends have 401k or investments, stuff like that. And it's like, I felt good about helping my family and doing a family business, but I was like worried, like, what am I going to do for the future? You know? So then I ended up uh, moving across the country to California. And then Hmm. when I came back, my brother had closed that restaurant and then opened in Utica. He found the spot. I remember going there, looking at that spot, and he was like, I think this is going to work. And I said, I, I really think it is because the food has always been good. It's just getting people to come through the door and all the other parts of the business. Like, you could have great food, but everything else really matters tons. So yeah. then he came to Utica, and he opened in November 2013, and I waited the first two months to not go work mm. in that chaos. I said, <laughs> I know that this isn't the time for me, but when you, you know, when things have ironed out a little bit, it's a little bit smoother, then he made me an offer, and I said, all right, I'll come. Hmm. I came, and I was his oven guy. Hmm. He has two kids, so on Monday and Tuesday, he had his kids, so I would go in and make pizza on those days, and the other days, I would just stand right next to him as Hmm. his oven guy. He was, I didn't realize it at the time, but he was training me on every single thing, repeating himself nonstop Hmm. on every single thing, which I'm seeing it and learning it and listening to him, so... That happened, and I, you know, slowly became a better and better pizza maker, understood what was going on, and then he found his next calling, which happened to be at the time was plant medicine. He was down in uh, South America. He Mm. was uh, ayahuasca, Ibogaine, all that stuff. He got into that, and so that was really his focus. He kind of left me as a manager at the pizzeria, Mm. and... So I did that for a while where I was just making pizza and making sure that everything's all right, trying to work on the scheduling and stuff like that. And then it was, I remember one day when I was his oven guy, I was thinking, what am I going to do? You know, this is what he does. This is successful. This is what he does, but I don't see a path for me here. How do I, what do I do? Should I open my own pizzeria? And then it was like, you know what? I've been in this industry for this long. Basically have a, if you spend seven years in an industry, you have a master's degree in that industry, you know? So I was like, I want to have my own pizzeria. And at that time, he was, you know, on a different quest, mm-hmm. and he was prepared to walk away. And I said, all right, now it's my turn to see what I have. So mm. I continued making pizza, and really what I was doing the whole time was trying to build a team environment because that's what was so important. It's like you don't want – you know, I felt like a team manager. It's like, you know, Bill Belichick is great, but <laughs> you need those play- – if you don't have those players right. out there, then how, <laughs> how good are you? You know, so then he left – um, 2018 and I took over and then 2019 I'd full year of business trying to figure it out. I pulled myself back a little bit from pizza making because if I'm standing there making pizza, I don't have the time to do the other things to grow the business and learn, you know, learn everything else. If I'm standing there 11 hours a day making purple cow slices, I don't have the time to learn everything else. So I recruited people and had people working with me that I felt comfortable with leaving it to them. Hmm. Everyone that I have making pizza thinks they're the best, <laughs> which is what you want. It's like my brother thought he was the best. I think I'm the best. The guy that I trained, he thinks he's the best. They all think they're the best, which is what you want for a pizza maker. Hmm. We still all stick to our, like, so slices dough weighs this much. This is the process hmm. for our dough. This is the cheese we use. So even if they come in and make, they're making sliced pizza, but their way, you hmm. know, I don't want people to say who's making the pizza today. It's like, it should be the same all the time. Yeah. So then once that happened, I pulled myself back, and we were able to see. It's like, all right, this is what we do. This is how we're successful. These are the things we sell. Let's sell those things. Let's go after that. Let's figure out how to do that. And at that time in 2018, we didn't deliver, hmm. which is tough. Like yeah. as a pizzeria to not deliver, people were calling up nonstop. Like, can we get a delivery? Like, no, you can't. <laughs> we could only handle. You know, that's you, awesome. If you add that extra on to that, it's like that will reduce the quality of everything else. You know, so it's like we tried not to let that happen Hmm. and kind of went from there. So then when Hmm. I think it was 2019 DoorDash were just putting everyone on automatically. Oh my God. It was awful. I hated that. It was awful. So they would call up with their order. They would place their order. Then it would go out. And so for the first two months happened. So I think that was November and December. And then they called me in the beginning of January and they're like, if you want to, this is how much you did in the past two months. And if you want to stick with us, then you have to sign this agreement. It'll be 30%. 
Hmm. And I was like, I can't, 30%. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Where's my percent? If I give you 30, <laughs> then I don't have any. So, kind of uh, at that point, I was like, maybe I could jack up the prices a little bit and figure it out from there. That was 2019 going into 2020. So, it was January 2020. And I was like, all right, let me get on DoorDash. Let me push that and see if that works. And then COVID happened. <laughs> so, COVID happened and DoorDash spiked. And I was, there was only one other pizzeria before me on DoorDash. So, we were flooded hmm. with orders. Yeah. Wow. And then figured it out from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that time. I was working at, I was working with a coffee shop in town when that happened and they, and the coffee shop had like six locations and they put all six of them on DoorDash and it's like, dude, we're, we don't do that. Like, yeah. you know, not only that, but then some of them were just like wrong menus. It was like people would come in for like a macchiato and it's like, that's not, that's a Starbucks thing. That's not a yeah. cafe Kubal thing. And the, the, the process to try to get them to remove your location, like you had to jump through so many hoops you descend and like certified. It was yeah. insane. I hated that. Period. Yeah, they made it impossible. Yeah, they made it impossible. And it was like, how am I going to go forward with this? So I, at the time, uh, COVID had just started. And what I did was I put, they said, if I put my uh, referral code up there. Mm -hmm. So I said, if you place your order, you'll get $10 off your next order, blah, blah, blah. There was like a little, so I put my referral link and I ended up getting like $500 in free DoorDash because I was a DoorDash <laughs> customer too. So I was like, all right, free DoorDash. <laughs> Let me educate the customer. At that time, it was before DoorDash. It wasn't big at that time. So I had all the customers go sign up for this. This is how you order from us. This is how you get delivery. This is what you do. Hmm. So then I, so I converted, so from no delivery to, all right, now this is a large portion of our business. And then shortly after was Grubhub and Uber Eats. And then uh, after that, a little bit later after that, Slice came out and they reached out and they charge per order yeah, rather than a commission. So I, then I re-educated the customer. No, this is where you need to order now, <laughs> order on Slice. And yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. That's cool. Yeah. So you guys don't have your own drivers? We don't have our own drivers. I just you can't compete yeah. with one driver per one order that you can track from start to finish. Right. We had had drivers. We had tried delivery earlier on, but it just didn't work. It was like yeah. if they forget something, if they're going to the north end of town, then they got to go to the south end, come back. It's like you can't compete with one driver for one order that you can track from start to finish. It's just that's the best way to go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's still cheaper. You know, then yeah. insurance and all that, you know, all these yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. Especially nowadays. One of the things that they do that allows us to, so now we are, uh, we deliver with Slice. So mm -hmm. I want all my customers to order from Slice. That's yeah. the best way I'm able to refund and handle everything we have built in customer service if you call with them. So I try and make everyone, you know, go down that path. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So is there, was there any like family history before your parents of the restaurant industry? My grandmother was Italian. Yeah. So it's Sundays were there, and yeah. she that's how she showed she loved you. You know, it was like she cooked for you and, like, everything, yeah. you know. And it's like, so that's where it came from. She put that into my father, and my father put that into my brother, and my mother's the same way. It's like it's an act of love in our family. It's like that's how you're showing that you love each other. Look, I, ma I made you toast with jelly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's wild. Yep. Um, I mean, we, we, were, we, we were out there in the summer, and, you know, we went out there specific or what? Yeah, I think it was the summer specifically following like, you know, Portnoy, you know, going out to your space and Oskin Eats, you know, two play. I'd never even heard. I mean, I think, I think it was following you following slice on Instagram prior yeah. to that. But, uh, but Oskin Eats, I'd never heard of before in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, on the Portnoy trip to Syracuse was like, we kind of heard because, you know, everybody in Syracuse follows Adam Weitzman and, mm -hmm. you know, is like obsessed with it. And Adam's a great dude. Um, I've had him on the podcast before. I was just at his new restaurant. He opened in Skinny Atlas. I saw that. Yeah, that's um, good. And so, and, I, and I'm friends, our, uh, Paul Valenti, who owns a donut shop here in town, uh, Glazed and Confused. He's, he's tight and friends with, uh, with Adam. And so... Um, Paul had been saying, like, yeah, Adam's going to bring Portnoy to Syracuse at some point, but nobody knew what day. And we always thought it was going to be, like, around one of the big SU games, not just, like, on a random, right, you know, yeah. summer day. Um, and so – and then I'm I'm tight with Nick Sanford from Toss and Fire. And so okay. Nick at Toss and Fire has, like, a picture of him on the back in his kitchen. He's like, if this guy ever comes in, this is how you make his pizza. Yeah. Um, and Nick's from New Haven. Oh, so yeah. uh, from that area. So he's like, I know exactly how the pizza is supposed to be cooked. This yeah. is how you're going to do it in our oven. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, so I I forget who I heard from. Somebody was like Portnoy is in town. I started just following him around. You know, I was I was like driving everywhere I thought he was gonna go, yeah, texting yeah. people. Was yeah. he here? Was he there? Yep. I was texting other pizzeria owners in town, like, hey, heads up, you know, yeah. Dave's in town. Yeah. You know, get your shit together. Um, so I caught up with him at the one, and then I was just like, I was everybody's like, what score did he give him? What score did yeah. he give him? He shit all over Syracuse. That was rough. Syracuse got I some of the that. worst that scores. Yeah, I mean, he went to the worst twin trees. Not that I think he would have given the original twin trees a good score, but yeah. he went to the worst twin trees and got a, a you know a rectangle slice. They're known for the strip pizza, right? So you know they fucked that up. Um, he shit, which I love a pizza. You know, just down the street, they're on the card. Paulie's a great guy, but um, he shit all over a pizza regional because. That was rough. You know, he's a Pete's. It's from that fucking New Haven, yeah, right? Yeah, I saw that. That was rough. Um, yeah. You know, he didn't really give any... I think he gave Francesca's maybe like the best score for a pizza and, uh, in Syracuse. Um, and then somebody was like, yeah, he's going out to Utica. To Nobody nobody in Syracuse knew, unless you're from Utica. Right. Nobody knows that that's Oskinitz. Everybody was like, Osquigi something. <laughs> yeah, you know? sure. It's yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck yeah. are you talking yeah, about? Right. And then he goes out to Utica and gives you better, way better score than anybody in Syracuse and then Oskin eats, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen the video, but what's that like? What's that do for you as a pizzeria owner oh, to have? Nice. I mean, people would ask me all the time because if we're our favorite, they're like, if he comes here, you're going to do great. And it yeah. was like, he's not coming here. <laughs> Why would he come here? He's not coming here. I knew that uh, one of my buddies was working at Oskin eats for like 20 years and he was messaging him all the time. Hey, you need to come. We've been mm. open a hundred years. And people would ask me and I would like, he's not coming. He's yeah. not going to come. So then that summer day, uh, shout out to Angelo, uh, Angelo's pies. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. Mm. He makes awesome pies just for himself. Mm. Um, but picture perfect. He called me. Oh, I do follow him. Angelo. Yeah. yeah. He had come into the pizzeria before one day when I was making pizza and I had like something for the guys, just like a test kitchen. He was like, let me get a slice of that. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't for sale. He's like, I want a slice of that. I was like, well, here you go. And then we became quick friends. He loved the pizza. So he was like, this is the best pizza. This is what Angelo said. He's like, this is my favorite pizza. This mm. is great. You need to, you know, try and find Portnoy. And I'm like, you know. So then he called me. He's like, Portnoy's in Syracuse. <laughs> He's like, you need to start spamming him. Tell him to come to you. You got the best slice. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to message him. He's not coming here. And then one of my buddies who was working at the restaurant at the time on the oven called me and was like, Portnoy just ordered. And I'm like, no, he didn't. He's like, no, he did. And I had just got home. I had a daughter at the time. I think she was, you know, two months old. Hmm. And uh, my girl was like, what's going on? I'm like, Portnoy just ordered a pizza. So I told my guy, I was like, you know, make it crispy. You know, he likes it crispy. So just make it crispy because I kind of live across town. And my girl was like, you need to go there. Yeah. So flew there right away. And I was like, is it really? Is it really? I was like, I don't know if it is. And they're like, no, it is. So uh, the guy that I had making pizza, he was like, you need to make it. He was like, I don't want to be on the hook for this. You need to make it, you know? So I stretch the dough. I make it. And it comes out. And I'm like, it's not. It doesn't look, this isn't right. You know, mm -hmm. he's not here yet. And the pizza maker that I had at the time, he made another, I was like, let's both make one. And I was like, yours looks better. Mm. You know, your pizza looks better. Let's, let's go with that one. And he walked in and I was torn because it's like, you know what he likes. You've seen the videos. Right. He likes it burned. He likes what he likes. Yeah. I mean, is he the end all be all? Does he understand pizza? Yeah. No, right. I don't think so. But he's the number one food critic yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. So it was like, do I make it the way he wants it and burn it? Or do I stay true to how we do it and make it like that? So right. we made it how we make it. He came and it was like, you know, hmm. I was swearing up a storm on the review. I was like, holy fucking shit, it's Dave. But, <laughs> you know, because you just don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah. And he came, he was super down to earth, super cool guy. Gave him a chocolate chip cookie, a whole bunch of other food because it's like, yeah, he's this right. is my one chance with this guy. It's like, you know, I've said to people before, it's like, you know, you're shooting at the park and LeBron comes up and is like, oh, your jump shot looks good today, you know? <laughs> so it's like, this is our one chance. So yeah. he took it and ended up being a seven, seven. Like, our best product is a slice. Yeah. You know, and we, how we make those and the process that that goes through is tailored to have, like, we're slice. Right. That has to be the best product. And he ordered a large New York. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Here, have this. Yeah. 
you apparently you can do that. I've seen other <laughs> owners, they're like, no, this is what you're going to have. But I kind of just went with it, gave him that, and he ended up giving us a rock star score. So 7-7 seven, seven is, I mean, you want to be in the eights. Yeah. And, I, and in my heart, yeah. you know, we're in the eights if you come yeah. and get a plane slice. But yeah. uh, take the 7-7 seven, seven being the highest score of the day outside of Oskanitz. I mean, Oskanitz has been open 100 and I know. however many years. It's yeah. like they're a king. Even to be mentioned with them is is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we went to, I went to Oskanitz, and I like it for sure. It's like... You know, I described it as I want this wouldn't be like my Sunday pot. Like if somebody's like, hey, come over and let's watch the game. Let's get a pizza. Where should we go? I'm not probably gonna say Oscan Eats. Yeah. I love it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I love the sliced mozzarella and the stretch you get from that when you're biting pizza. Yeah. I do like the upside down, but it's not like a Friday night pie to me. Yeah. Um, but the history of it is just incredible that that's the second oldest pizzeria in America. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming they've been open because, like, we were just – I went down to New York City last week and did – we were there all day, and I did just, like, an impromptu little pizza tour myself. So we went to Lombardi's, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's the oldest, but they were shut down for a number of years, right, mm-hmm. and then reopened um, with, like, a non-family member. I mean, friend of the family, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to uh, DeFara's. And that was good, but I got a, I should have got a pie. I got a slice. It wasn't the slice had been there. For, it was, I was there at like two in the afternoon, so I should have known better. Yeah. Um, have you ever been there before? I've never been there. No. Defara's their menu is a paper circular plate that's taped to the glass. I and, love that. And it has a a rectangle, five to five dollars, six dollars, whatever it is a, a square. Or I'm sorry, a triangle. A rectangle for their square slice with like six dollars, and then a circle thirty two dollars. That's awesome. That's their menu. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we went there, and that was cool to be in there. And like, um, it's cool. It was like they follow me on on Instagram, and like I was messaging the daughter. You That's know, crazy. Yeah. Um, and then we went from there. We went down to Park Slope and went to Luigi's, mm-hmm. and that was cool. Like you walk in, Gio's sitting there on his phone. You feel like you're in a fucking movie. Yeah, just sitting because right. nothing's changed there since yeah. the '70s, and and that was my favorite slice of the day, without yeah. question. But uh, but so Lombardi's is the was the the first right, the OG first ever established pizzeria in the country, and then I know that you know Totono's in Coney Island mm-hmm. was like branched out from them. But obviously, Oskanitz must have opened before them, which just, it's wild to me to think that, like, how the fuck did a second pizzeria open up in Utica before it opened up in New York City? Right. You yeah. know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it is really cool to, like, go in there and be a part of the history. Yeah. Just by like, walking in the place and trying their food. Yeah. I used to go there as a little kid with my father. We mm-hmm. would go there, and then there's another place in Herkimer called Yeti's. And I think they're somehow born from the same family where it's okay. upside down pizza and they put the sausage underneath like that. So I remember going as a child. It's like my father would be like, You want to go to Oskuzzi's? And I'll be like, Yes. They had <laughs> Pac Man machine in there, the claw machine. And it was like, you know, it was a, it was a trip to go there. It was a joy. Yeah. All right. So talk to me about, I want to learn more about like pizza and all that kind of stuff from you, but talk to me about Utica. Yeah. I mean, Utica is a wild fucking place. Man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, 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 there's some similarities with Syracuse. As I'm driving on the streets, it's like, oh, yeah, we, you can yeah. see how they would be related, <laughs> you know, like siblings or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's the pizza culture is rich there. It's like yeah. people take their food very seriously in Utica. You yeah. know, it's like they, I, I got into disagree. Online's tough because you know yeah. when you're putting your heart out there, and say you have 100 to 200 customers a day, and you have two that are mad, mm-hmm. you know that you're still at 98 percent success. But if those two people go and leave a review, it's like, and you're putting your heart and soul into this place. You're trying your best at everything you're doing, and then it messes up. So it's right. It's tough. So a lot of food critics in Utica, and they're <laughs> on you about stuff, but it, it keeps you sharp. You know, I, w- I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. What's the big? Uh, is there like a big? platform out there where it's like like I'm assuming maybe the local newspaper or anything like that it my brother started when he first opened slice it was like I remember him coming in talking with me and my sister and we're like you need to make a Facebook page yeah you know and this is 2013 so it was still in its infancy business Facebook pages were still in their infancy but Mm the more like he would take pictures Mm -hmm. and the more pictures he posted the following grew and grew and grew and that was kind of where we reached out to people yeah So that that's where we got that. That's where we uh, the buzz started, and then Facebook helped it push it a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. Syracuse, you know, we've got the Post Standard, and and uh, you know, if they come out and write about your restaurant, you'll be busy for you know a week or two. 
And then they have a Facebook group called Where Syracuse Eats, which has got like 75,000, 80,000 members, which yeah. is great, but it's like a cesspool of, you know, it's like when you think back, when you think of like the worst case scenario of like the dumbest people in the world complaining about the war, the most yeah. ludicrous fucking thing, or the dumbest people in the world saying the shittiest food is the best thing they've ever had before. I know. That's where Syracuse oh, eats. Um, and and it's, the negative stuff doesn't really hurt that much. I, I know a couple restaurants who have gotten just absolutely roasted on there. I'm talking like 300 comments, people just saying, they suck, never go there. And then the restaurant's the busiest it's ever been the next week. Yeah. You know, So yeah. it's not like it can really make or break your restaurant. But if you're mentioned in there a lot, you can get really busy for sure. Yeah. Um, but there isn't like a Where Utica Eats Facebook page or anything. No, there's there? a couple different Facebook pages. There's a Utica restaurant review where people will mm. go and post the review. And then there's another one, uh, 315 Menus, where uh, that started at the beginning of COVID where you could go and post your daily specials where you're trying mm. to grab customers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we did a couple specials on there on Monday and Tuesday. We have $20, but still for two years, we've had a $20 special on Monday. We offer a large and 30 boneless wings for 20 bucks, which is just <laughs> absurd. I still Christ. don't know anyone <laughs> even close, not even close. And then on Tuesday we offer a large and 15 wings for 20 bucks. How the hell do you make money on that? I'm doing that. So people have it. Yeah. So people have it. And it's like, it's not always, a. I mean, it's a business, so it has right. no conscience. It's just always about making money. But for yeah. me, it's like, you got to do the right thing sometimes. So I was finding there were a lot of people that were getting priced out for chicken wings. It's like when the market was going crazy, it's like they can't, you know, people would comment, you know, can't afford it. Yeah. Hey, it, it looks great, but can't afford it. It's like, no. Yeah. So some of my slower days were Monday and Tuesday, and it was like, let me put something on this day that will get people to come in. And even if they only get pizza once a week, it could be I'll be where they go to get it. Right. They come on Monday and get pizza for me, or they come on Tuesday and get pizza for me. So that worked. I made Monday and Tuesday really busy, and it made the rest of the days really busy. Because if you have purple cow wings on Tuesday and it's your first time having them, right? You might want purple cow wings again on Friday. So yeah, it's kind of what I did with that. That does remind me of like Luigi's. Like he talks about it in some of their posts and stuff. But then we were there, like we're sitting in Luigi's having our slices and uh, like fascinated by Gio sitting right there. And we're like, we were like, want to walk over and get a picture. But uh, but he's making pies. And um, but it was like, there's a couple kids from the neighborhood that like run in and he's like, hey, you guys want to, you know, give them a slice and they yeah. take off running, you know, yeah. you know, say hello to your mother, you know, yeah. you know, it's like taking care of people in the community is always important. It's, it's important. And it's, and it's the same thing with the customers. You need the food to be good. It's like, yeah, I'm confident that our slices are good. Our pizza is good. The food that we're putting out is good. So that's, that's all set. As long as I have people to operate and, and complete the food the way that we're supposed to have it, which I have a great crew right now. Everyone that I have in there is, you know, it's, it's a, team atmosphere like that's what i'm trying to do all the time is cultivate that team atmosphere and make people feel apart you know mm -hmm. yeah especially some of the pizza makers i have i remember I, I went back to slice i was 30 so i remember thinking it's like damn i'm fucking 30 like what am i gonna <laughs> do like when i'm 35 what will i do and i just spent that whole time in the pizzeria and figured out a, without any money Mm -hmm. figured out a way, how am i gonna get a pizza what do i have to do to make this happen and figured out a way to do it so the people that I have that I could kind of see myself and I could see that they would be thinking where, how am I going to, what's going to happen for me? You yeah. Know? And so we were, we were open until nine o'clock every night and then we were closed on Sunday. And one of my guys I have, he, he wants his own pizza. He has his master's degree in pizza too. He thinks he's mm. the best too. So <laughs> he wants his own pizzeria. And I was, you know, I came up with the thought that like, if I can get him, I can, my thought was, Hey, I'll share the profit with you during these times if you're interested. I said, I don't want to – what I have on my plate now with a dishwasher gets the hiccups and calls in or a counter girl or, you know, whatever. So I said, I don't want to worry about any of that. So for these hours, you'll be in charge of that, and then I'll split the profit with you. Hmm. And he was so eager to do it. Hmm. You know, this was his chance to show what he's worth. And so then he was – he worked every single night from nine to 12 hmm. for a couple months. <laughs> and then he did Sunday as well. And it was like, you know, then, so I had other guys there. He was like, I I'm stretched too thin. Yeah. I said, let me bring some other people on and share that idea with them and show them that this is possible. Like, all right. So if you, you know, if you make X amount of dollars on a Sunday and that's double your hourly salary, that shows you, you know, you want to be paid based on how hard you're working and right. how well you're doing. So I gave them that opportunity and it's, 
worked really well for me. So hmm. I'm now able to be open till midnight every night and on wow. Sunday we're open as well. So I was getting nothing during those times. Right. So to get a little bit of something that during that time is better than than nothing and hmm. give them a, some skin in the game. And now when I'm looking to open the next thing, when we're ready f- to open the next thing, it's like these guys are chomping at the bit and they want to be part of it. And I want them to be part of it. Yeah. You know, it's like these guys have committed to this to slice and I've committed to them and let's, let's go forward. It's like, we Mm. have, you know, we have a decent social media following. I think we have almost 20,000 people across all platforms that are following us. And so we can use that brand and, you know, all the buzz that we've created toward the next thing, whether it's a food truck or another location, something like that. That's cool. Yeah. It kind of like I've, I know there's a a buddy of mine, John Page in, in Syracuse, he owns three lives, which is like a arcade bar restaurant. And then he owns, um, uh, breakfast lunch spot called Pork and Knife. That's just really just like a kind of a takeout almost. Uh, they've got a couple seats, but but he did that with his second concept. He was like, you know, I'll bring somebody in, I'll give them a share of the profits. He even started a ghost kitchen inside of his first restaurant. And same thing, the guy had the concept. He was like, all right, you know, you'll get a share of the profits to yeah. like run it. I've always thought because there's such high, there can be such high turnover in restaurants. It's like. Don't hire a dishwasher. Don't you know? Hire. Don't hire a line cook. Hire somebody who's like a manager in training, you know, and like be like, look, here's because one thing that I find lacks at so many small restaurants is um, some sort of a a path, like a clear path on here's how you can make more money. Like you want career development. Yeah. You don't want to be a line cook for the rest of your life. Yeah. Great. Here's how you can advance and get a raise, get a bonus, whatever the fuck it is. Um, or here's how you can go from being a line cook to my manager, my general manager. Right. And so few of them, A, have like employee handbooks. So few of them say like, all right, here's your path forward. You know, yeah. I worked in sales at Metro for like a decade and everything from like a sales associate and then, you know, regional director for their Western New York region. And that was something that like from early on, Every month you sat down, hey, here's what you did. Here's what you need to do if you want to make this much money. Here's what you need to do if you want to get to this position, you yeah. know, and restaurants don't have that. I always thought it would be don't hire a line cook, hire a, a manager in training. Yeah. Bring them through like a year-long process, yeah. you know, have them shift roles throughout the year. Like yeah. you've been a line cook, you're going to go learn how to wait tables. You're going to go learn how to, you know, wash it, whatever the fuck it is. yeah. yeah. And at the end of the year, if you're still there and you've succeeded at all all of our departments, guess what? You're now a manager. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For us, it's like I, I have trouble because we each position is so specialized. So the counter yeah. girl, she's doing counter girl stuff, yeah. or you know, the pizza guy, he does pizza guy stuff. The oven guy does oven guy stuff. So it's kind of hard to get that. It's like. Hey, you see that on the ground? Like, even right. though that's not part of the job <laughs> yeah, description, yeah. help me and pick that up. You know? Yeah. But I, I, I tried a similar thing with them where I had, I had this idea of selling. Like, we normally sell foot long slices, so it was yeah. my thought. I said, if we could sell a fifteen inch slice, it's significantly bigger. It's basically as big as a small pizza. Let me try that concept at night. So I had all 15-inch slices, regular toppings, specialty toppings, drizzles, add-ons, and stuff like that. And that, I was like will this work? Mm. And it worked mm. and it was good. Yeah. So yeah, kind of went with that and gave them a piece of that. And it's like, now I've brought people in and said to them, be like, we can work out a menu and you could sell those things. It's like the line cook that I have now, he's a great guy and he has ideas. Mm. He wants to put his things out there. It's like, all right, let's, let's figure this out. We have a path to do it. We can, we can get there. So I think all yeah. those guys see that and they want to work with that going forward. Yeah. All right, so tell everybody about the shop because it's different. Like you guys, you specialize in slices. Yeah, yep, that's our focus. It's like fresh, fast, foot-long slices. That's what we do. We are cranking them out all day. There's times where, you know, you may have to wait 15 minutes for a slice because we're out, but Mm -hmm. everything's fresh. So as opposed to like the regular slice shop where you walk in, I'll use Fast Track, for example, so I'm not calling anyone out by name. (laughs) But if you go in and you see that CBR slice sitting there, it's like, how long has that been there? Mm -hmm. I don't want that. You know, it's like you see that eight, seven other people had the crispy one. You don't want that. So the way we do it there is you walk in. I have a a glass wall with many of the slices that we offer, like specialty slices, and we use plain slices and put the toppings on them there. So they come in, order what they want. We put the toppings on, and then you walk out. It's they're not baked in toppings. I've had some customers that are like, it's not baked in, da, 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 but 
every slice is as fresh as it could be the way that we're doing it like that and being a foot long so our most popular slice by far is the purple cow slice mm -hmm. there's blue cheese and then we have our purple cow chicken on top of that and classic new york slices you fold them in half so when people are eating them it's kind of like a taco you know so yeah 550 for a huge slice mm. with blue cheese and you know over a quarter pound of chicken on it it's like you know this is Damn. this is what we want people to get this yeah. is what we do well come in and get this because you know when you're busy there could be times where there's a wait and people get upset but like i've I've tried to educate the customers on like three slices. It's our product. Yeah. This is our best product. You could come in, get three slices, be in and out. It's more uh, pizza than a small cheese pizza, and you're in and out. Same thing with Purple Cowings. They're ready all the time. You could just come in and get them. You don't have to call and wait on the phone or anything like that. So it's like I've tried to focus that this is what we're doing hmm. really well. So try and focus on those things. When my brother originally opened, and even now he has a, another restaurant in Frankfurt, 1886 Prime. And Where's Frankfurt? Frankfurt's just down the road from Utica. Okay. Yeah, so a little bit further down the road. That's where we're from. So he opened a restaurant there, um, and his food is phenomenal. Yeah. But it's been my thought that just because the food is good doesn't mean that you should sell that all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like we <laughs> he like he does tenderloin sandwiches. There's been times at Slice where we have tenderloin sandwiches, and it's the best sandwich. Mm -hmm. But just because it's the best sandwich doesn't mean that it's right for the business. Mm. You know, so I, uh, I'm, I've learned that, you know, like you got to do what's best for the business. You know, yeah. you kind of can't just let it free fall and grow however it is. You need to, you know, figure it out. It's like, all right, this is where we make our bread and butter. These are the things that we need to sell. Hmm. So yeah. that's pretty interesting. What was yeah. the name of his restaurant? 1886 Prime. You okay. have to check him out and yeah. he'd be an awesome guest on your podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, super interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get more outs, and I have like the last, last year was the first year that I really spent a lot of time outside of Syracuse, and uh, you know I was everywhere from Buffalo and Rochester and Sackett Harbor, Utica, New York City, and yeah. and all that. So I'm trying to get into Rochester more. Off, I guess you know Utica is kind of is you know a different market for sure. Yeah. I mean we've done I've done some stuff in there. There was it's where Rick's famous is now. There was Bag Square. Was it coffee or cafe? The brewing company? Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it's in the same space that yep. Rick's Famous is in now, but it was a coffee shop and, like, little bakery years mm. ago. And they were one of the first people in – I think they were the first restaurant in Utica to, to join the card. And um, and at the time on the card, what we had offered, and we still do now, just I don't mention it because I've been doing this for five years. Only one restaurant has ever taken me up on this. Is a restaurant which you guys are except the local card is a is a restaurant that's on the card. You get free food photography whenever you want it. So if you need new pictures for your social media for your website, you can just call me. Hey, can you come in Tuesday? Sure, I'll be down. Wow, you know, I'll come down. That's a great deal. Yeah, give you free pictures, and then you use them for whatever you want. What's the catch? There isn't one. You just come and take pictures. That was the whole point of Eat Local. It was like that's why I don't charge restaurants to join the card either, because it's like you know the whole point is I need to be able to like get people into the restaurant. Yeah. You know. Um, Sounds so. like a good deal. I'll take it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll yeah. take Let it. Let me know when. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll give you all the food. You take that right. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, actually, I hate doing that. Really? Yeah. You don't like taking it. Well, it's just like, but you know, by the time that like I get home, yeah, you know what I mean. And then it's like you know, so I just hate doing that. I you know, I, I uh, there's a uh, Baldwinsville, New York. They do a dining weeks. Like 16 restaurants participate. Mm -hmm. And so, and I volunteer my time for them to like go out and help them promote it. And so I do the photo shoots and I'll do like five restaurants a day. And they're all like, here, take these four dishes home. I'm like, guys, it's going in my trash can. Yeah. Like by the time I get home, it's been in my car for five yeah, hours. Right. Yeah. No one wants to eat that. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, now, oh, so I, so I was out at this restaurant in Utica. I'm, I'm taking pictures and there's this group of old guys in the in like the little seating area over there. It's kind of weird in that little lobby, but they're sitting over there and they're loud as they can be. And, the one guy is just talking about like cocaine and strippers and all this. Yeah. And the guy looks like he could Good be talk. my grandfather, yeah. right? You know? And I'm just like, who the fuck are these old guys? <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? Yeah. And I asked the owner at the time and she was like, that's the mob. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, that's those. She's like, those guys are part of the Utica mob. I was yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking about? The nice. Utica mob. Yeah, yeah. She's like, the, there's like a presence of the mafia in Utica still. I was like, no, there's not. It's like if there's not in Syracuse, which I'm sure there is, yeah. and actually I know there is a little bit still, <laughs> but um, I was like, it's not in Utica. She's like, well, it is, and that's part of them. Yeah, was, I'm, <laughs> they, 
they're there. We, yeah. we don't talk about it like right. that, but yeah. they're there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. We have friends and connections yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's yeah, for kind sure. Of being part of Utica. Yeah. <laughs> my, you know, my dad uh, grew up in Syracuse and, and uh, back in, and he went to school for hospitality and hotel management and for to college and then moved back. And he had a diner here in Syracuse in like 75, I think 75, 76. And, um, and he, so, um, and he's still on food today. He works for a local food wholesaler here in Syracuse. Nice. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I didn't grow up like super sheltered, but, you know, grew up in a Christian home and all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. So I'm 37. I experienced cocaine, not that I partook of it, <laughs> but um, I was like hanging out with restaurant, the group of restaurant owners one night. And one of them, we were at this festival. One of them walks away, comes back. They're like, oh, let's go over here to the pier. All of a sudden, they're doing bumps. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> and so the next day, I called my dad. I'm like, you're never going to believe what happened last night. And uh, and he's like, that's the restaurant yeah, industry, son. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's just part of it. It's hard to separate those two things. I mean, it's it's just so grueling sometimes. So, yeah. you know, you need to find... Usually, it's like you either medicate and figure it out right. or you're just miserable. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. those are the options. It's like, especially line cooks, no offense to the one I had, yeah. but they're just not the happiest set right. of people. So then <laughs> they try and figure it out however they can. Yeah, you know, for sure. Just not at work. Whatever you got going on after, just <laughs> figure it out after. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of the stories are just absolutely wild out there. Yeah. How do you stay, like, how do you stay motivated? Because you seem like you've got head on your shoulders or it's not just like, Hey, I want to make great pizza or produce great food or, or bring these guys in and give them a, a share of the profits. But you also seem like you've got the head on your shoulders. Be like, Hey, I want to grow this thing and make money and, and build something here. So how do you balance that? Cause there's, there, there are examples out there in like central New York about that. Utica, I'm sure. But, uh, but there's not many. Yeah. There's not a ton of them. I, have a daughter and I have a family and my girl, it's the same way. It's like, I want to have things set for them. So I'm trying to get better all the time and grow the business all the time. I'm, I try and keep my blinders on. I'm not really looking at what the other pizzerias are doing around me. It's like, they stay in their lane, they do their thing. That has nothing to do with me. So I just mm. focus on what I can control for myself. So I, I've tried to grow the business in a couple different ways and I still have things planning go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to free just recently, for example, I, uh, contracted this company to automate my bookkeeping. Mm. So every day. So the time that I was spending, it's hard. Yeah. It's like pizzeria owners don't know no. how, to, you know, there's no course to take beforehand. It's just, you kind of <laughs> learn it as you go. So, uh, I try and contract out to people they yeah. know what they're doing. It's like, if these people know what they're doing, let me copy what they're doing. And there's this company called Bench, not a paid yeah. sponsor for <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. but there's a company called Bench and they're managing my book work now. Mm. You know, they, I get monthly profit loss statements and mm. they control everything. So it's like, I try and use what I can to maintain appropriate work-life balance because still every day I want to be home with my daughter when she wakes yeah. up from a nap. I want to be with my girl having dinner and it's hard to... Because if you talk to these old school pizzeria guys, a lot of them are make pizza still. Yeah. You know, they're standing there making pizza still, and you know that's what they want to do, and that's how you know you need to work every day and grind like that. And it's like, well, that's you know what you do. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm I'm on a different path than that. I wanna, you know, I want different things than they want. Just because you know, it's like that old school generation. And my, sometimes my father will say it to me. It's like there was a ton of flour to be moved mm -hmm. from one place to another. And my father's like. You know, because I still have my father there with me daily. He's okay. still baking cheesecakes, and it's awesome to be around. Mm. And I am the man I am because of him. But he breaks my balls sometimes. <laughs> so there's something on the ground. He's like, carry that over there. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I said, like, I'm not. I I pay people to carry that, and it's like I don't. You know, I don't have anything to prove. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll jump in and make right. pizzas, or I'll do whatever's necessary. You know, I still, you know, will mop the floors or whatever. But he thinks, you know, this is how you're successful. This is what you need to do every day. And it's like, what I need to do every day is show up and make sure my daughter's okay and hmm. make sure everything else is working. So yeah. that's kind of what I do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's good. I made the mistake. Our son, our son, my wife and I have got a, uh, Anthony's 15 months old nice. or will be tomorrow. And, uh, I made the mistake of with, with our restaurant, we have a partner in three, one fried and, uh, which is sort of like a ghost kitchen and, and, uh, Cicero and we were inside Limp Lizard Barbecue because they're the partners in the restaurant. So 
last November, last October, I think it was, um, the the cook for Limp Lizard, who was also cooking for Three One Fried, left. And so the three of us sat down. We're like, all right, what are we going to do? And I was like, I'll do it. I'll step in. I'll, I'll run the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I used to do barbecue when I lived in Texas. I was around it. I sure, love yeah. barbecue. Like, yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. like a blast. Well, it kicked off in January. Our son was born November in November. So my wife is like at home finishing, like wrapping up. She's got like a couple more weeks of like maternity leave. We've got a newborn at home and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go run this restaurant now right? And because it paid really well. And, uh, and and by the way, it's barbecue. So I'm going to be up there at like five, four or five in the morning sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to be there sometimes until midnight and I'll squeeze home for an hour or two in between. And dumbest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> not maybe not actually, maybe not. Yeah, that was probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. Um, and I only did it for two months. And I was like, I can't. Can, uh, then I got COVID, and I, I had COVID. And I still had to go up and do something. And yeah. I was like, I can't. Yeah, I can't do this. Yeah. And looking, and like six months later, my wife was like, Yeah, remember when you did that? Like that was really bad. You yeah, know? it makes it difficult. It's like, especially because it's like my main thing that I'm doing is being a father and husband. Yeah, you know, it's like this is this is what's most important to me, and then everything else can follow after that. So it's like to have, I've watched your podcast and see it's like people are struggling to figure that out you know to manage you're managing the business you're making sure that the food's good and then you have your life it's like so you need to mix all that together to be able to feel happy every day i mean i'm i I love my daughter i love my job i love everything about it but i'm still tired in the morning you know it's it's still difficult there's no one you can't call in there's no one coming in for you it's like you have to figure it out yourself yeah for sure yeah I've really been, I've, I've tried a lot over the past six, like maybe five months unintentionally, but now it's sort of intentional. Uh, at first I was like, man, you're being lazy. But then I was like, yeah, I'm happier. I'm like, I'm healthier. I'm not like, I'm not up until midnight. Typically for the last few years, I'd be up at like 6 a.m. working immediately on my phone or my computer, editing a video or posting something for somebody or working on something up until midnight, editing videos, doing all that. And then over the past like two months, I've really been intentional. Just like I'm not doing that. Like I've had a few people reach out, really, and, and um, so like a big part of the business that makes money is managing social media for clients, mm-hmm. for restaurants, and that's a fucking grind. You know, I mean, to like be in charge of I've got ten clients to be in charge of each of their Facebook and Instagrams and making sure that like comments are responded to reviews and all that's that kind tough. of shit. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, it's that's a lot. tough. Yeah, that's um, heavy. I really enjoy it, but it is, but it is a grind. And so, um, and I'm trying what I'm doing right now. And I've been like perfect, like I shouldn't say perfecting. I've been getting a hell of a lot better at like flash photography and just getting much better at video making and food photography to switch it to, you run your social media, I'll provide the content. You know, yeah. I'll come in once a month, you'll get 30 pictures and videos, you can post them, I'll come back next month and do it again. And uh, because it's so much less stress than yeah. 10 o'clock at night, oh shit, this customer just left a one-star review because of the dumbest thing in the world. Now I've got to call the, the client at home and wake the, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so for the last, like, two months, I'm like, you know what? I'm playing video games for like 30 minutes a day at least. It's important, (laughs) yeah. You know? Like, you have your own business. Right. You know, you should be able to get some of the perks at least. It's like, I have the same thing. It's like, I have an office upstairs and sometimes it's like, no, no no further questions. I won't respond to people that are shouting (laughs) over from me from the balcony to answer questions. It's like, I just need a minute to just focus on myself. Yeah. That's super important. Yeah. So it has been interesting with that, like trying to... It's like, listen, you know, uh, you know, the dream is still there, you know, to do whatever and hit whatever, you know, goals I want to. But, um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm not going to do it if I stay up, if I like, if I squeak out one fewer hour of sleep tonight, it's not going to make me the success I want to be tomorrow, you know? And I don't think that journey's worth it, you know. I don't, sure. you know, it's definitely not. You're the one in charge of that. You decide what's worth it and what's not worth it. Right. But that interests me. So you'll offer thirty. For, how, how does it work? Tell tell me more about. You'll come in and get the content and then send it. To, I'm, I'm interviewing you. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I've got one client that's doing it now, um, the Fair Deli in uh, here in Lakeland, which is 
family business and you know mom mom dad and son son zach's i mean they do definitely like zach the son who's you know in his mid-20s late 20s i think um zach will look at like devour power like an instagram out in new york city and see what they're posting to like get ideas for Mm -hmm. his stuff around here and there's not many people in syracuse that do that that really give a shit you know most menus you you go around and it's like chicken bacon ranch buffalo chicken chicken bacon you know um so Zach is like, you know, listen, I'm creative. I want to do the posting still and come up with the specials and that kind of stuff. I just need somebody who knows what they're doing to take pictures. So Zach was kind of the first person I did it with. And um, or he pays what I think is not a lot of money. And once or twice a month, I'll go. I'll text him. Hey, what day? Go in. He's got his stuff to set. We'll go in there. And I was just there yesterday. We'll go in there, take 30 pictures, create some videos for him, short form videos, edit them, put them in a Google Drive, and then he posts them and does whatever he wants with them. Um, versus me going in there and the owner giving me their login information. Right. And then now all of a sudden I'm in charge of figuring out their brand tone and voice and how to respond and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, there's just so many, you know, the one thing I've learned over, I've been doing this eight years now, one thing I've learned is restaurant owners, don't know what the fuck they're doing in a lot of areas. I mean, yeah. none of us, I don't yeah, even know what the yeah. fuck I'm doing. Um, but, you know, they didn't go to, it's not, all, it's not like they all had the prereq that they had to go to school for like, you know, get their master's in business and marketing and person, you know, HR and all this stuff. Yeah. Like they show up and they might have different skill sets. Most of them it's food. And then that's kind of where it starts and stops. Um, there's, a, there's exceptions for that, sure. But um, most of them it's like, I sit down. It's like, all right, where's your logo? Well, it's on my Facebook. You can't just put. Well, no, I need the like. I need the, the file. Vector, yeah. You know, um, what's your what font do you use? What? Yeah. You know, like yeah. what's your like, where's your color palette? What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, listen. If I'm going to create this graphic, people need to know it's coming from your restaurant, right? right yeah. So we need to follow these sort of guidelines, right? Like. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, what are your goals this year? What do you like? How much? You know, what do you want to sell? How many pizzas do you want to sell this year? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you got to know your numbers. It's it's hard. Like you said, there's no course on it, so right. you're just learning as you go. It's like, all right, well, what do I do to be profitable? Where can I change things? Where can I adjust things? So yeah, that's, that's what I've been trying to figure out as I go along to get another percentage point here or there. It's like that makes a big difference over the course of the year. So hell yeah, yeah, that's really what I've been focused on. Yeah. I've got this kind of like, and I think a lot of guys do, I'm, I'm assuming, it's just like the savior complex, you know, it's the same thing like when we're dealing with women. It's like, you know, oh, I want to be, you know, Prince Charming or whatever, yeah. right? Um, I feel that way towards like restaurant owners where it's like, you know, I'm not your marketing director. Like if you hire, like people, they hire me or they have hired me, it's like, I'm your social media manager. Yeah. You know, but I go in there and it's like, oh, we're not doing great. The social media manager in like a, in like a, big in the, the perfect world shouldn't be the person that's like all right how am i going to get them 10 percent more you know next month you know but uh but unfortunately it's like that's kind of what i have to you know it's like i was telling you that client before you came in i'm like on the phone don't waste your money with this you know yeah um as a social media manager i shouldn't be doing that but you know the reality is we're working with like small independent restaurant owners who don't know yeah. don't have the answers and there's come you know there's situ- there, so you know unfortunately it's like you know hey how's it going i'm here to take pictures and you know oh not good all right well here's what we could do you know and, <laughs> yeah and so that's been i'm trying to you know i've, I've been trying to like like wean myself off of i don't have i'm not responsible for their i am to a certain degree but i'm not the sole person that's responsible for making sure their restaurant succeeds no and you you'll have to overcome some of the issues that they have at right. that point you know i i try and ch- stay in charge of all of that myself you know it's it's hard to be to be hr to be marketing to be and then everything that comes after marketing right. to be sales and advertising and all those different things it's tough to know when's the right time to post you know can i use this picture again i use this picture before can i use i use this last week can i use it again it's like right. you need new fresh content to grab people's eyes yeah. and get them in the place and then once you do that it needs to be a perfect experience that they come in right the food needs to meet the service needs to meet the timing and everything like that and it's it's a tough dance yeah. to figure out you know we've been open for 10 years now hmm. so that's wild. It's nuts to be open that long. It's like, you know, all right, well, we've accomplished this. Like, let's let's continue to 
go forward and, and try and grow the brand. I was mm-hmm. just watching yesterday uh, the podcast that you did with the uh, Peels on Wheels guy. Oh, Luis, he's awesome. And in my mind, I've had the idea of creating a membership. Oh, that's cool. You yeah. know, so, so I had thoughts like, you know, because we have, you know, the Monday special, the Tuesday special, or we have like lunch specials and people will come in on Tuesday for yeah. the Monday special or come in later in the day for the lunch special. And it's like, we have to tell them no. And it's like so awful to tell them no. So like, it was, it was my thought. It's like, can we offer a membership? Can we do something like that? So to hear him yeah. doing that, selling a discount like that, it's like, I need to talk to this guy. I know. You know, to have his mind be in the same place, it's like, and I've said this before because I'm friends with some local restaurant owners in the Utica area and we'll see each other. There's a place in town, Cash and Carry, where you can go, if you miss something on your order, you can go and pick up there. Mm. And I'll see them in there and we'll bullshit a little bit and they'll tell me about their struggles and it's like, we need a restaurant support group. Yeah. We need to all go and That's sit down so together and drink yeah. and talk right. about all the struggles that we have because it's, you know, we're all dealing with similar problems. It's tough. You know, it's it's a tough industry to have everything be critiqued like that and everyone on top of you and everyone, you know, they're expecting every single time to be, we're trying our best. Yeah. Right? We're trying our best and to have every single time be perfect. It's like, you know, I've had reviews left where it's like, I came and it was, we've been coming for two years. It's been great. But Saturday they forgot our pepperoni and, you know, I can't believe they did this to us. <laughs> I've run through, I've run into like accounts and restaurants sometimes around the country where like, they like they get reviews like that, and they're just like, "Hey, fuck you!" Like this is their response: "Fuck you! You've been coming for two years. We forgot one thing. Love really? This is what you're gonna do? You can't say that, right? You want to say it though. You own the business. You want to be able to say what you want to say. You know? Yeah. You can't. I think I don't know if you. I think you. Well, I don't know. The area definitely plays a role. Like like one of the dudes is in Vegas, and he's you know, and he his videos are like. All of his videos pretty much start out with "fuck you, I'm the best, go fuck yourself." Yeah, come into my restaurant and get today's special, you know. Yeah. And like he's obviously created the persona around yeah. that for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, that kind of stuff is super annoying, and uh, and so, but you know, but there is a balance of like trying to figure out, all right, when's the time that you stand up for yourself? Right. You know, we were talking like the Where Syracuse Eats group earlier. We had a, a this guy come into the restaurant back when we first opened. Huge dude, like 6'6", 350 pounds, massive beard, always wearing sweatpants. He just, like, looks intimidating, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he came in. He might, he came in at some point. I don't even remember the first time he came in, but he, he went on where Syracuse eats and left this terrible review. And, you know, we're, it's fried chicken sandwiches and tater tots. That's all we did. And so, and it's in a takeout container. And we, I spent, like, two months researching takeout containers before and running tests and posting those videos on our TikTok page yeah. of like this one held up, this didn't. So long story short, guy gets the food home, takes a picture. It looks soggy. It had been in the it turned out it had been in the takeout container for like an hour before he opened it, yeah. and he complains. And it's like, well, no shit, you know. Like, and so part of me wants to respond and be like, you're the idiot that left a fried chicken sandwich in your <laughs> yeah, takeout sure. container yeah. for an hour. Eat it. Yeah. And so, but instead, I was like. We're so sorry. Come in, and and so, and the, I was like, next meal's free on the house. So sorry, we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Great response from like all the other commenters. Oh, it's so great to see an owner taking responsibility and doing right, right, this. Yeah. So the guy comes back in uh, like the next day. He like sends me a DM. He's like, hey, if it's cool, we'll come in tomorrow. We'll get dinner Friday night. It's like sure. He sets the time at like it's like two in the afternoon. <coughs> Picks the food up at two, at like six thirty in, in the evening. Post a review onto the same Facebook group that says, "My wife and I just ate our sandwiches and they were wonderful. Great job from Three One Fried and the owner for taking care of us." That I'm like, you let them sit for four and a half hours, like really, yeah. Um, so, but whatever. Two weeks later, that same guy comes in. I'm sitting in the dining room. Uh, the guy comes in, gets his food goes over to grab a bottle of Pepsi out of the fridge and goes and he's like, oh, I forgot a Pepsi, goes and pays for it. And they're three bucks, right, for a bottle. And so, and the girl says, you know, it's three, whatever. And he's like, what? Starts yelling in the dining room. You charging me $3 for a goddamn bottle of Pepsi? Like, what is wrong with you? This is highway robbery. Like screaming. And I'm like staring at him and he like, this all happens in like 30 seconds and then he leaves. He goes on the same Facebook group. 
this restaurant charged me three. And so now our counter girl, it was like five two, yeah, ninety pounds soaking wet. She's like shaking because this dude, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so I, I I was I like went after him in that one. I was like, listen, you're a giant. You're like fucking towering (laughs) over our seventeen year old like 90 pound counter girl screaming at her who's trying her best right i was like listen thank you for your business don't ever come back and i said this and i was like don't ever come back in the restaurant good. again good um and then people just started shitting on me from that yeah, so. no. i mean you can't you can't uh put too much stock in right. what's happening in facebook you know for like for the most part it's like i try and not look at it if i get a good review yeah great if there's people you know the uh just recently i had a, someone left a great review hey the slices and purple cobbles were great and then someone jumps on the review and is like you know th- i don't understand the hype about purple cowings they taste mm. like grease they taste like nothing to me and it's like <laughs> no that's no yeah you know so i try and i try and stand my ground as much as i can where yeah. it's like hey 99 percent of people like them but you may be that 1%, right. and you don't like them, but try him again. Come in, try yeah. him again on us, you know, and then we'll see how that goes. I don't yeah. know. He hasn't responded yet, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I've, uh, we're approaching an hour. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I, I need to have you back in because I want to talk all about pizza at some point because yes. yeah. I've been getting into it at home for like the past couple months. Yeah. Um, so, well, tell everybody where you are and, and where they can find yep. you. Yep, 2007 Genesee Street, right across the street from the Uptown Theater, great little neighborhood in South Utica. And like I said, we're open every day from 11, a lot of times till midnight. And then on Sunday, we're open for football. So get awesome. your Super Bowl orders in now. Yeah, it's good to pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate Sweet. it. Yeah, for sure. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Eat Local New York podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to this on. That way you can stay up to date the moment a new episode is released. You can also find the video version of all of our podcasts over on our website at eatlocalnewyork.com or online on our YouTube channel. Uh, we've got a lot of new episodes that are, have been recorded over the last two weeks. Great conversations coming out with Joey from Home Team Pub. Um, I've got a couple guys coming on who started their own Mezcal brand who are from Syracuse. Um, got Nick Pascal coming on in a future episode. Just got a lot of stuff, great stuff coming up for the Eat Local podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. That's it. Thanks for listening to the episode. We're going to catch you back here for a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. <laughs>